Hey rippers, are you learning how to surf? But are you a beginner or a big old kook? There is a difference, you know. And since there's many ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason for the podcast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. So bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris. And I'm Coach Ev. And we started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. Yeah, and we're we're debating on on whether to we're we're on first times here, first timers. So that's always a fun exchange. First first surfboard or first tube. <laughs> Text 817 <laughs> surfboard or tube. No. <laughs> now. Uh, I say shit, I don't know. Let's do surfboard. Okay. First surfboard. Yeah, because we're actually, this is a good one because we're traveling, we're trying all these new boards. We decided not to grab our own sticks and right. fly with them all over the pl- damn place and have to deal with dings and airport check ins and picking them up in the middle of fucking morning when you're just pissed off and bummed out anyway. So dealing with boards is such a pain in the ass. So it's kind of fresh on our minds. Right, right. And that. Damn, what's up with the, all the traffic? <laughs> the quietest neighborhood ever, and we just had a fucking parade go by. Um, okay, yeah, and you know, one thing that never leaves you from your first surfboard <laughs> is that feeling you get when you get a, a freshie, a brand new surfboard, whether it's your first custom shape, or your first board ever, or your first shortboard, or first whatever. Um, it's, it's always that special Christmas day kind of feeling, Christmas morning. Um, so you kick us off. And even, even if you haven't had like your first surfboard, then you know that feeling of like your first skateboard, your first uh, tennis racket, I don't know, your first... It can't be as special as a first surfboard. No, I, I guess mean, it can be. Uh, well, your skate, first maybe skateboard. Maybe skateboard, I don't know, because a surfboard is like... Uh, when I was a Grom and I got my first surfboard, it was it took so long for me to get it. That was the thing. That's why it was so special. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to surf. I wanted a surfboard for like an entire year before I actually got one. And I know I've told the story before on the KookCast somewhere in the past episodes, but uh, we'll dig in a little more. But I do think that your first surfboard is pretty special because it's it's not the easiest thing to get, you know? I mean... I'm sure some people are privileged or or they have like a good opportunity and they're surrounded by surfers so they get a hand-me-down right away before they even care about surfing. Right. But for me it was the other way around. So a first surfboard is like a super special day. Yeah, and it it's it's usually like just like you were saying like you don't get a freshie right off the bat, you know? Like you get a you get a shitty board that isn't even right for you, you know? Like it it just takes so long to find the right board and to and to be in the position to like get the right board for you and for it to be brand new. I mean, it's 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 a very special situation. So let's let's just keep diving in. All right, all right. So I'll go first. I was trying to say before you go first, but <laughs> all right. So my first board actually, it's like 
it's definitely a, a distinct memory for me because like I said I I wanted the board for I mean so long I'm pretty sure it was a year and it came like I realized I needed a surfboard when one of my friends one of my one of my friends older brother actually got his first surfboard and he was so proud of it and he I remember him sliding it out of the car and being like oh it's a morning star I even remember the name it's a morning star it's a it's a this it's a that a blah 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 it's a thruster it's got a it's glass got, on it, yeah, yeah. it was a thruster dude it was like a kind of a mid-length shortboard you know it was like a shortboard but seven feet long or something you know someone in a surf shop probably told him it's perfect for him and uh <laughs> so i remember him pulling that thing out and i was like oh my god i need my own first surfboard i need a board i need that and, feeling uh, i like just was so craving it so hard and so it was a year journey of saving up my pennies and dollars from birthday money, from Christmas money. And uh, finally it came one day in Lido Surf Shop, rest in peace, <laughs> where the thing was sitting in the rack. It was $50, so it was in my budget, actually a little above. And I remember <laughs> freaking, because I was like, oh my God, this board is just so close. I can. I can get this. I can get this. It's the right size. It's the right shape. It looks cool. Dude, you should have seen the graphics, dude. I mean, it was sunburnt yellow. The thing had obviously been used. And I brought my dad in to look at it and to, like, you know, I don't know why. Like, not that he knew anything <laughs> about surfboards or anything like that. But he just kind of grabs it. And I just respected his opinion of watercraft. I guess that's what it was. And rightfully so, because he picks it up, grabs it, starts feeling it up, and feels D-Lamb right away on the tail. And he feels the tail. I, I'll never forget the left side of the tail. And my heart started sinking. Oh, Because no. I could see his face. Yeah, he like, was, he wasn't happy with it. He was getting bummed out. And he, he knew what D-Lamb meant. Like, that's the beginning of the end, you know? Like, that's when the foam starts soaking up water. That's when, I mean, you could tell from the board already. The glass you know? detaches from the foam. So there's that bubble. And it's, right. it's, it's dead. And, like, you knock on the board. That's a good way to test for D-Lamb. Knock on the deck. Not, 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 do, 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 that dead sound. Mm. That is just, that's what like it is. Not a solid contact, like through the entire layered construction of the board. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm looking at his face and watching it, like, kind of be more pensive and more thoughtful and like, mm, is this a good investment? It's a lot of money, 50 bucks, you know? It's a big deal. He's pressing on that D-Lamb and feeling like to the extent of where it goes and where it's like starting to separate from the board. And and he's like, I don't know, you see this, this is bad. Like on a boat when this happens, you know, that's like, you don't, you have to fix it right away. So I'm like, okay, so what are we doing? What are we gonna do? We're we gonna get it or not? And he's like kind of shaking his head no. and. I just remember, I don't remember exactly how it went, I just remember that ultimately he gave me a little scare. He made me feel like we weren't going to get it because it wasn't worthy. But then ultimately he said, alright, we can fix this. We're going to have to cut out the D-Lamb and re-glass it. And that was actually, so my first surfboard was also my first lesson in thing repair. Because yeah. we literally, we took this home, okay I'm getting ahead of myself, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Pull it back. So the board's 50 bucks and I have 42 dollars. This is Lido Beach Surf Shop Show. We run home. I have my dad take me home, get my $42, and that's when I decide to ask my parents, hey, can I borrow $8? I, I, I'm eight bucks short, and that felt so huge at the time. And I even remember them being like, hmm, yeah, well, you're a responsible guy, and I know you're going to work it off. Okay, <laughs> yes, yes, you can borrow $8. Uh... And I was like, yes, 
just one step closer. Now I have 50 whole dollars. That's right, take note. Going take back note. to the surf shop, here I come. Coming in hot for that 6-2 hotline. Walk in there, that's when that whole thing happened with my dad examining the board. I was like so amped, I thought for sure we were getting it and then he finds a D-lamp. Oh my God, no, maybe we're not getting it. Oh, okay, now we got it, we're walking out of the shop. I got my brand new board, holy shit. It's a fucking 6-2 hotline, glassed in thruster. Little D-lamp on the back, but no big deal. My pops knows how to fix that. Minor. <laughs> Minor deal. <laughs> we take it home and we get right into it. We like, he takes an X-Acto knife and he scores it around the D-lamp and then follows the score line to pierce it and actually pull out that piece of D-lamp. And now there's fresh white exposed foam, which he was said was good because it actually hadn't started soaking water mm -hmm. and we drew a little artwork on the foam with some cool, markers yes. and then blast it over and voila Better. first surfboard lasted me for three or four years passed it on to a friend whose first surfboard it became to him <laughs> and uh, lost track of it ever since then yeah but just just that feeling you know and, and being so proud of it and just like search for that feeling like search for that board where you really feel like it's yours and like it like it completes you and it it accents your style and everything everything about it you know like I, I remember luckily we had we had uncles and we had some hand-me-downs we had like these single fins by the pool We had these like old single fins. It's stashed in the bushes, like with no fin in them. And they were beat up. There was like some big open dings. You like certain ones you couldn't even touch because they'd like splintered you. Yeah, splinter you and cut you open. But we would, we would have them. We'd be these little groms, like inland Orange County groms who didn't, you know, get to surf that often, but we would play with these boards in the pool and then we had some boards stashed in mechs at the mechs house they were our uncle's old old boards that we basically like latched onto and and we claimed for ourselves like brother chase had his six three glass on thruster neon green and i had like my six one eighties thruster like super thick flat deck with a big orange starfish on the deck but those weren't like those weren't the boards that we chose like those were hand-me-downs mm -hmm. and so i always remember getting like choosing my first board and making the greatest mistake ever <laughs> you know like of course my dumb little ass wanted the high performance rockered out performance thruster that was so light and just felt so good under your arm like uh like an arrow just ready to go ready to shred and really what i should have got was another a shorter 80s thruster big fat fish you know go closer to like fishy groveler status than pack full of volume yeah high performance a board that you could only ride when the surf was fucking going off and of course like a, my mom saw the look in my eye like i didn't want the the board that was right for me i only wanted the board that was just like completely wrong for me and looked bitchin and felt bitchin <laughs> and so i remember i remember christmas fucking 
same same deal or a similar deal like I was working it off working it off didn't quite hit the mark you know before Christmas and then I saw the board in the sock up by the tree and I was like that's the one I knew the shape so well I knew it was that gray pesci performance thruster that I wasn't going to be able to ride like I wasn't <laughs> able to actually ride it for like years yeah. and by the time I was actually ready to ride it I was too big to ride it and so it was just like it was such a lesson I mean the, the the lesson in equipment and how it can make your job easier or so much harder stems all the way back from then you know like I was I was into surfboards from very early on like I I took notice of shapes thickness wide points rocker fin setups way back then and and it's it translated me you know into me being a shaper and being a board builder and being someone who knew those little intricacies of of how bitchin it is to like find the right equipment for you mm -hmm. It's, it's actually pretty difficult to do. That's a really good segue into like what I was thinking is the next part of like your first surfboard is your first custom surfboard, you know? And I definitely remember that board just as distinctly as my first, like first ever surfboard, you know? And yes. there was one board Great between point. the two. There was, you know, the board I picked first, that 6.2 Hotline. Then there was a brand new board I picked off the rack from Bunger Surf Shop paid 300 bucks for it, waited in the shop for 30 minutes while Tommy Bunger finally called his sister back to say, yes, I told that Grom he can have it for $300 because I think it was on the rack for 350. I only had 300. I literally had a savings account that I saved and saved and saved and saved. <laughs> when it hit 300, I walked in there with my mom. You had to have your parent with you, you know? I depleted Even it. Even if you had the money. Yeah shit it's like you give it to them and you fucking oh don't even get it back like you give it to them and then you lose it almost like your parents have to sign off on you getting it back but of course my mom went in with me was a major supporter of all my endeavors in surfing in life goes in there with me that took a while by the way got the entire $300 depleted so savings account closed <laughs> back to zero went to Bunger Surf Shop and then it took them like I don't know, 30, 40 minutes to, to finally say, okay, you can have it for 300 instead of 350. That was the board in between my first custom surfboard, which was the sickest experience ever. And uh, for sure, like that's a special experience that is really important to like, to tap into and, and to feel and to connect to your surfing and realize how you can have control over the craft you ride. And like, I just, so like just going on what you said, you know? And that's actually something that when when we talked about like our first boards, I totally thought about the f the first board that really really changed my surfing, you know, the projection of my surfing, which was the first board that I shaped for myself. So that's like my first true cut. That was my first true custom board. Like I had never gone to a shop, which was foolish because I had bought a bunch of boards up to that point used you know for 240 bucks or something and then I probably could have got a brand new one for 320 bucks you know like 
just save up a little bit and go <laughs> and talk to the the shaper and tell him where you're at that you're a fucking kook and a goon and you need way more volume than you say you need and more length and and that the waves are normally truly shitty where you surf and you just need a groveler and an everyday all around board that you can stop thinking about is this the right fucking board for the day you know like this is this board will do it for for it all 80 yeah, percent and then of course 80 percent turns into 100 percent because you just make it work no yeah, matter because what because you just love the board so much and you just figure it out and you know how to make it work even if it's not ideal but geez the average surfer doesn't really run into conditions that is outside the range of their board if they have the right board so talk so what was your custom experience okay so that was just with yeah i didn't want to get carried away with that because i wanted you to talk about custom boards yeah well just... but like my custom experience i i remember actually okay so keep in mind i'm like <laughs> 14 when i get my first custom board my first custom board and um i'm more focused on the color which i remember <laughs> so distinctly was orange fade to yellow so you, if you look back on a podcast with Doug Milstein, he tells a story about why he called me and my bunch of friends when we were that age, Team Neon. And uh, <laughs> this board was part of the team. You were 80s sure. boys. I mean, <laughs> fuck, of course you were in and the neon. And I was neon. making this women's size eight neon, green neon, <laughs> pink neon, yellow, arrowhead fucking wetsuit work for me for like years. <laughs> a women's suit. Yeah, women's yeah. suit for okay. sure. I, definitely have said this before but so I got the woman's suit this is my first custom surfboard is orange fade to yellow black pin line around so proud of the thing dude and I probably was proud of the wetsuit too I was probably pretty yeah, stoked on yeah, like my gear it's pretty much synced up I mean that's that's right there right in rhythm with uh, the whole neon theme but most of all it was just so hard to acquire that when I finally got it, I felt so in the club. I felt so like I'm in now I'm a surfer. You know, now I got a wetsuit, now I got a board, now I can fucking go and surfing. They and they both match. And they match. I was on the hipster trend before it existed. <laughs> or maybe it did exist, but they certainly didn't call it that then. Yeah, so the first first board versus first custom board and then you know, even taken to the next level, I was so lucky enough to have older friends around me that were into like surf culture, surf culture. Originally, it was just like, you have your own board, you make your own board. Hmm. You know, you, sh you shape it out of fucking wood that you fell in the, you know, in your outside your little village. I mean, that's just like Polynesian. That's how they did it. They knocked down a tree, found the right shape, and then started whittling away at it. And, and that's, you know, th that was the best experience for us was to work, work towards something like the summer was coming up and our friend Darren Gertler was like, oh yeah, I shaped a board at like foam easy last year and then they and had them glass it like a long board and they and then I chose the colors and they did the colors and stuff and then this year I'm going to shape my own board at home my parents said we could shape it and glass it and sand it and fucking build it in the backyard oh my major fucking mistake <laughs> um, 
And I'm like, I'm in. You know, Brother Chase had done, Brother Chaser had done the same thing, you know, like shaped a board, but not seen it through the glassing process. And so it was on. I was fucking all in. I was working at the sandwich shop. I had fucking a check coming in. I knew I had, you needed like $240 to build a board, start to finish, sandpaper, fucking razor blades, tape, everything on the high end, fins. It was gonna be $245, you know? you guys split that? No, we, everybody like, everybody had that coming into it. We worked some of it off because First of all, we had to work off, like, we had to work at the Girtlers just so that we could use their space. They're like, we need the backyard cleaned up, blah, 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 blah. So we went, it was like a weekend, one weekend. We showed up two days, and then Nancy Girtler, she was just like, you guys did a great job. We're really stoked about this fucking next board build because it was going to be like three or four boards over the summer. She's just like, here's some fucking cash, here's for the blanks and the resin for all the boards. You know, that was like 300 bucks or something like that. And we we were just, we went to San Clemente, we went to Basham's, same place, I still get blanks today. Waited in line, you know, didn't know shit about anything. (laughs) We we knew the length of the board that we wanted to build. That's it. <laughs> and then we showed up there. And then we started researching on how do you go about every single step of the way. But fast forward to, I mean, the building process was just so classic too. We were fucking off. We were swimming in the pool. We were sanding in board shorts, getting fiberglass all in our arms. We did have respirators on, but we were still getting it in our eyes. You know, like you can't really wear goggles while you're Holy while you're shit. working. It had to be such a mess in the it, backyard. It was a fucking disaster. <laughs> and there was fiberglass and foam floating in the pool. Oh, and God. Us, well, and us diving in after every fucking session because we were so itchy. <laughs> There's like three or four of us working on each and every board because we only had one set of stands. We only had one tool. Like, we all had to just stay together and work on the same board at the same time. And so like one guy has the planer, the other guy is like in the back with like, what, the sure form or something? And Basically. So in, in that situation, if the planer was being run, then there was just one person holding the board because our racks were so shitty. And then one person using a fucking power planer, which we never should have been using back then. <laughs> Mowing foam with no vacuum or anything, just fucking blasting foam all over the place. Mm-hmm. Mowing foam, and then when it got to more more intricate parts, like turning rails, that's the one that I really remember, where we had like three or four people working on the same blank. <laughs> one person turning one rail, the other person turning the other rail. Oh my gosh. One person working on the nose and one person working on the tail. (laughs) Because we were fucking frothing so hard and we could not just stand on the sidelines and just watch. Just just couldn't couldn't. watch. Had to to just dive in and tackle it. And 
I definitely remember after the board was finished, shaped, and signed, I was like, it's the one. <laughs> I loved every part about it. The nose, the way our buddy Nick Chung fucking did a upturned nose rail. He didn't know what the fuck he was doing. This was all just out of innate feeling what right. we've held a hundred surfboards each in our hands over the years and then now we finally got the opportunity here's our canvas and we're just gonna go for it i do not remember telling them i want 50 50 rails in the center a sharp rail in the back and an upturned nose and that's we weren't talking about any of that stuff we just went from a block blocked out rail to rails nose and tail all done and and roughed out you know just finished out and and sitting in like the spare bedroom on the two twin beds were and like wait a minute talk oh, i'm sorry go ahead i'm i just got so excited by the thought of who fucking glassed the board we glassed them right there yeah right there that was another one. Oh, this is speaking right back to your first shape was anybody who for some reason it must it's it's a reoccurring thing you have your first board it's freshly shaped it's on the rack and you're like i want a red board oh god <laughs> i want a fucking deep red blood red fire engine red just strong this is number one and you mix the resin and you have no idea of how to mix it and make sure that the pigment to to resin ratio is correct and you pour it on bright white foam and it goes bright fuchsia <laughs> right before your very eyes and there's right. it's just basically too late because you already catalyzed the resin right 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 and poured it on their blank <laughs> and poured it in the middle a big old dot uh, so that happened that was the first board you know that was that it, was your first glass first glass experience. job yeah. right in the backyard in Villa Park, you know, under the tree with a set of glassing racks in in the in the grass, and it actually went pretty good. We used those FCS little plugs. The boards were done in a week, you know, like we built them in a week. We shaped them, glassed them, sanded them, and fucking were in the water on them and frothing so hard and and feeling so proud about it hmm. and that was 2004. wow and it was the best board i had ever stood up on to that point for me like i i could paddle it duck dive it paddle in the waves and as soon as i jumped up it was just right under my feet and just like a little magic carpet I think running all around I skating i really think that speaks to the power of your mind you know when you like apply yourself to something it just it's so much easier to love it and find out how it works you know because every board every board like like the okay 99% of boards are built with the same principles like for example fins in the back with like a certain kind of a cant and a rounded rail to some extent whatever they're all gonna kind of work but when you love a board you fucking love a board you and make it, works it work great yeah you, you make it work but like but it already works before you make it work you know what i mean like you hold it and you're like yeah. oh this is it it's the one and that's why a custom board is such a powerful 
tool for your surfing because not only is it a great board and brand new and built to your specs like logically on the books, but it's mentally like your board. You participated in the build. You not only worked with the shaper on the shape and the outline and the volume and the rails and the the whole you know way it rides on the water, but the art, you know, the thing that's close to your heart, the the colors or the fabric or the 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 expression of yourself in a board. When that thing is done and you get it and you hold it on your arm, it's like, yep, this is the one. It's gonna work and it fucking does. It works so much better than any board. That sounds more like your first board is chosen off of like what it looks like. You know, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. fucking that's and my that's favorite yellow <laughs> and that's my fucking board and I'm gonna shred on it for three years and that's the only thing I'm gonna ride no matter if it's fucking one foot or 13, I'm, I'm going and that's my board and then your second one is, is at least the more custom you have some idea of what works for you you know and and where you're going whether you're shaping it or you get the opportunity to have somebody else who kind of knows how to make it happen for you um you know talk to them about yeah. what you're looking for but that this was a good one brother i, I do love rapping about surfboards and i have some very fond memories of them cheers well if you're not subscribed to the Coopcast, you are kooking it. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we always love you chiming in. Let us know what you want to hear us rap about in the future, and log in, and fucking send us a review, and, and let us know. Let the people know. <laughs> That's right. Let us know on your favorite podcast directory, and we will catch you next week. Woo! Choo-choo!